and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. I almost went into our, uh, I almost went into our Patreon. Oh man, there are so many introductions now. Uh, I don't know how you keep them all straight. I don't, clearly. Uh, I was about to say, thank you so much for subscribing. Oh wait, no, that's not it. Uh, but yes, and thank you for listening. Uh, David. Yeah. How you doing? Um, uh, I knew my, uh, trend since the since the quarantine lockdown of taking that question seriously normally sure. it's like uh you know it's a, the american how you doing no i'm doing good how are you but uh yeah. no i'm uh, uh i'm doing okay this week i think maybe i'm just uh getting used to this hmm. um uh so uh yeah less less uh less uh stress or or panic um uh, i mean that's all that's not entirely true i'm like a lot of people, I'm actually sort of operating from a like baseline 90% anxiety level, but I'm getting used to just that being the norm, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, getting used to wearing my mask when I go on walks with my dog. Mm-hmm. I'm getting used to, uh, from the safety of behind my mask, judging people who aren't wearing masks. Of course. Uh, um, <laughs> definitely working those judgmental muscles. Uh uh, well, it's important to get exercise, faces. you know, that's another thing I'm like, I've been, uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a total, not that I was like, uh, uh, you know, ripped before, but I'm a total like weakening. I ha- I've been, I've been good at not getting like, like gaining a lot of weight. I've been eating healthy most part with occasionally like having, uh, you know, uh, anxiety pinches of, uh, of, sure. <laughs> of, of junk food. But I've been, so I've been, I haven't been like gaining weight, but I haven't been to the gym now in two months. And I feel like I'm, I've lost all my muscle mass and I feel like, uh, uh, I feel like a total weakling. Total. Yeah. Like if I were one of those assholes going to the, uh, the beach in Orange County, I would totally get sand kicked in my face. <laughs> Oh, I would actually love to see that. Um, and just, and for some reason, I imagine you calling them, you guys like, come on, you guys yeah. knock that off. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, working out here at home, not necessarily eating great, but not eating out very much. So just like hmm. the fact that I'm making my own stuff has been helpful and I've lost about 15 pounds at this point, which is very exciting. Um, and, uh, and yet Cause you know, they, people say that like when you work out a lot, um, you eventually, you come to like really enjoy it. And Mm -hmm. while I do enjoy the feeling that comes after, like after I've taken a shower and cooled off and relaxed and had a cup of coffee, um, (laughs) the, the exercise itself, I have, I have no fondness for it all. Um, I hate it so much. (laughs) And the, 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 the woman, like I, I exercise with Jen a little bit and she of course had to say, she's like, is it necessary for you to swear at the screen? And I was like, yeah, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> it's the only way I can get through this thing. And like, and one of the, and one of the real, cause I, I do this, I exercise along with this app called like beach body. And, um, and the, the woman who, no, who saying getting it, kicked in your face. Hey, that's right. Um, but, uh, and the thing that I've found is that 
the woman, you know, will do like a, 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 an exercise for one minute and then we take a short break and, and then we do another minute and all that. Uh, and so you'll be doing something like, oh, this is terrible. And then she goes like halfway there. I'm like, fuck you. Like I get so <laughs> angry at the and It's like I realize that, that she's trying to be encouraging. She's trying to say, hey, we've already done half this exercise. Yeah. I see it as, yeah, that's right, asshole. Like you think this is bad. You still have you're only halfway there. Like, and, and so I view it as, as she's mocking me. Um, and, uh, that actually is a pretty strong motivator. Um, just pure hatred. And then the other thing is that she regularly says, you know, she's like, Hey, I know that this, that this hurts, but you know, exercise is not a punishment. And I'm like, um, well, I'm looking at it that way. I'm looking at it as like, it's time for me it to pay for all It certainly works as one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I definitely see it as like, yeah, it's time to, time to pay the piper uh, because I've been making a series of bad choices and I now need to be, to be punished for them. So, uh, but it's working. You there know. you go. Well, this, I, I, I didn't know this was going to, this turned into a fitness podcast. It's my problem. It's my fault. I, uh, I, st- I steered us down that, that road. But you know what I've been doing? It's interesting. Tyler? If I, if I started a fitness podcast, it would be called, it's my problem. It's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I've been getting, what little exercise I've been getting, I've been on walks. I've been listening to music, listening to tunes on my tweaked audio.com earbuds. Uh, they're available. Uh, they're professional quality earbuds at a variety of, uh, I've forgotten tweaked audio.com professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors that look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day. So I think with the, um, something about the way the days just blend together now mm-hmm. has put me in uh, a, a sort of long-term prog mood so i've been listening to a lot of rush a lot of uh like king crimson on the on the metal side of things some yes but on the metal side of things we listen to opeth and dream theater and uh some 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 other stuff uh mars volta to get to your more uh, i guess uh more hip prog stuff or like yeah, no, I, years I, ago I, I know mars volta um i'm sure you <laughs> um uh, and it all sounds great. You got a lot, when you got prog music, you got a lot of levels, a lot of things to listen to at any given time. All yeah. of it sounds great on my tweaked audio.com earbuds that are, va- they're available. I swear they're available at a low, low price. But if you use the offer code, a low, low price, if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you could want that off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweaksaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tyler? Yes? You know what's keeping me sane? Having things to look forward to. That's what's keeping me sane during the quarantine. And so this, for, for, this, for, the, for this episode, we are going to try to fashion out of what little uh, wisps of, of fact, uh, what even is reality and truth anymore, but oh. what we know about the immediate future of, uh, of, of movies, uh, we're going to try and fashion a summer movie preview. So we've brought our, normally our guests 
movie preview, but for this very serious uh, version of summer, we've brought them into into yeah. the late spring. Uh, it's uh, Battleship Retention editor at large Scott Nye. Hello, and returning guest Julie Sesnovich. Hello, hello. Not a host this time, Julie. I guess not. I've been demoted. Can we be introduced as BP's resident power couple? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, no? well, I mean, it's, it's funny David, because when David and I are the <laughs> resident true. power okay. couple. But no, I mean, when um, whenever Susan Burke and Matt Peters are on the show, I do I refer to them as Hollywood power couples. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Okay. Peters. So yeah, <laughs> that 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 mantle's already been a little bit uh, taken. But uh, how, how are you guys doing since uh, uh, the listeners heard from you two weeks ago? <laughs> uh still the same like, hanging in there like nothing's there. changed how could it yeah i've been baking so there's always cake around which is undermining any fitness goals i would yeah, have had a pretty significant cake stash here yeah a lot of cake um but yeah the only fitness thing that i've done that i can remotely tolerate tyler maybe take this for a spin mm -hmm. learning choreography <laughs> from 90s music videos off youtube huh because I, I think I'm more likely to fail uh, if there's choreography involved. Like my least favorite day of the week is when we do uh, uh, Pilates or yoga because I, I look at the people on screen and I'm like, they're doing this so fluidly. How is it like, and they're all treating this like an easy day. What is going on here? I hate this so much. So I don't think I'd, I, I, I'm glad that you're getting something out of it. I think it would be worse for me. Okay. The only thing is like, people are like, oh, well, like, listen to music while you exercise and that'll distract you. I'm like, no, it doesn't. But this kind of distracts me because it's like a brain puzzle. Like your sure. brain has to figure it all out and then suddenly you're covered in sweat. So I don't know. So, <laughs> it's like, well, I'm covered in sweat. So I guess I'm doing something. Uh, yeah. So what have you, what have, what dances have you been doing? Um, well, my, my great white whale was at least the opening minute of Rhythm Nation by Janet. Sure, Harris. of course. There's been some NSYNC. There's been some Britney. Um, it's a very specific era I'm going for because you go too far in the future, it gets way too hard. Um, yeah. In the future, you say. In the f <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Standing from the vantage point of the late 90s, right, the future, right. too complicated. Yeah. I need to write these songs down in the distant future, actual future, when I'm able to throw barbecues again and you're in attendance, yeah. I'm going to turn on these songs and I'm going to, it's going to be pop quiz hot shot. The muscle memory will take over. I'll just go into a feud state and there it goes. I was going to say, yeah, it's, it's after a certain point, it's not a conscious decision. It's just no. a thing that has to happen. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's get, and you'll, and you'll start salivating. Yes. Sorry, David. Uh, you stepped on my catchphrase. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's get into it, shall we? What are we doing? We're, we're going to talk about the movies that are uh, coming to a lot of them. A lot of these are going to be VOD or streaming or virtual cinema uh, premieres. Uh, we've also got on the list some actual theatrical release dates that have yet to move. Um, we'll see. And they refuse I, to budge. Well, I know. I mean, just today I was reading that Christopher Nolan wants to be the one responsible for bringing people back yeah. to the movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, how that goes and how that weighs on his conscience yeah. when, uh, when half the people who go to see Tenant uh, get sick. Um, and then we're also, because that's uh, still unfortunately a pretty anemic list, we're also going to, for this, for, for this uh, uh, 
current circumstance only, we're going to bring in uh, home video releases. So classic movies in many cases that are, that are making, uh, you know, Blu-ray debuts or, or special edition type of debuts um, in the coming months. And we're defining today, we're recording Thursday, May 7th. I know you're not listening to this until the 10th at the earliest, uh, probably the 11th, uh, depending on what time I get it up. Uh, we're defining summer as from today through the end of August. So uh, let's, I'm going to say it twice. Let's get into it, shall we? And start with me uh, remembering that my computer has gone to sleep and I have to put in the password. Okay, uh, starting with May 8th, and we'll do we'll do uh, theatrical stuff first, and we'll go sort of back and forth. Um, I don't know if we can go in depth on everything, um, but there are a couple of notable things on May 8th. One of them is Spaceship Earth, a movie that Tyler has already posted a review of at battleshipretention.com. That's a documentary um about the uh it's about the pre-production of biodome right right yeah yeah if only i feel like that'd be a more interesting thing um no it's it's it is uh it's about biosphere one the the i would i it feels like controversial is too powerful a word to talk about but the the contested uh scientific experiment in the early 90s uh that people sort of debate the the merits of but it's an interesting it's an interesting documentary not particularly deep um but uh i'd say it's probably it's it's worth watching but don't expect to get a lot out of it outside of like an interesting diversion of like oh wow i had no idea this thing existed i didn't know that biodome yes that's right that's the only way that we're going to think of it uh, <laughs> uh, i i didn't know the biodome was uh, inspired by this other thing but uh but it's worth it's it's worth watching uh i also want to uh point out uh, the musical remake or, or reimagining of um, Valley Girl, which uh, I am uh, which I am pointing out because uh, a friend of Battle Pretension, although I only I have been on the podcast with her, um, but uh, Rachel Goldenberg was on Battleship oh. Pretension uh, many many years ago um when she was known as one of the uh uh house directors at, at uh, asylum who make the the sort of uh knockoff she did sunday school musical um <laughs> and she also has uh roots in the funnier die scene and she's friends with uh our our friend josh fadum that's how she ended up on the podcast when tyler was taking a little sabbatical back in 2013 i think uh, that sounds right to me yes uh yeah so um i'm kind of excited <laughs> to see the valley girl uh Josh Fadum is in that movie, actually. Musical. Uh, oh, I did not know that. Um, but it makes sense because they're friends. It um, is kind of like funny, though, because before they announced that this was coming to VOD tomorrow, it had been sitting on the shelf for two years. Hmm. I checked. Two years. So I kind of, kind of a general theme that may emerge here is that I wonder if some companies are seeing this pandemic as like a convenient excuse to put stuff on VOD that they were not sure about. Like, mm. oh no, we'll have to put it on VOD. <laughs> what a shame. Like it's the perfect cover. <laughs> and I feel like there are some others on this list that they honestly must be like breathing a sigh of relief. I have no idea. I haven't seen these movies, but it does seem like it could be like a convenient out in some cases. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I, you know, when I signed my, 
contract to make my documentary. They said 2000 screens uh, across the U S <laughs> and now because of this thing. Yeah. Now it's just available on uh, lesser known streaming service, faith life TV. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. But it, let's just always keep in mind that uh, a movie studio not having faith in their product doesn't actually mean that it's not good. Oh, uh, right. it's, not. For sure. it's not a commentary on the quality. It yeah. is just kind of a funny convergence of factors that they may be like hiding behind. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the cast, you've got like Judy Greer and Mae Whitman. So, uh, yeah. Um, and of course, our friend Josh Fadum. But uh, I'm, I've never seen the original Valley Girl. Um, I'm intrigued by this. And uh, yeah, when I saw the, the announcement, I thought like, if you're going to remake something, uh, incorporating this new element uh, of it, uh, this new element into it, I think is probably a good call. And so the idea of it being this musical thing uh, could really, I think it could really pay off. And I think a lot of people who even, even people that are fans of that original might enjoy the new one because of the new aspect of it. And I also want to mention the, the lead actress, Jessica Roth, Jessica Roth. Um, I didn't see happy death day. That's what she's best known for. Mm. I, but I've, I've seen her in a number of not very good movies in which she is a very winning presence. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, uh, this is good for her. The only other thing on the eighth that I um, that that I noticed uh, is the movie On a Magical Night because I recognize the director's name. He made Sorry Angel uh, and some of the things. His name is Christoph Honor Honore. Uh, I'm not sure how you say. Probably it. Horner. No, I almost said Hornery. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Julian actually saw this at uh, Cocoa last September. Uh, oh. I thought it was all right. Um, it's kind of French magical realist thing. Uh, hmm. It's a really cool conception. Looks cool visually. It doesn't really have like kind of a great rhythm to it, I would say. Cosine. Anything else on? Um, yeah. Just you guys a... wanted to talk about? Yeah. Um, they ha- uh, How to Build a Girl is coming out on VOD, uh, starring Beanie Feldstein in her first hmm. solo starring role. Um, okay. That's on the eighth? It's not on your list. Oh, I was kind of moving some stuff around. Sorry. I like okay. an element of surprise. I like to keep you guys guessing. But um, no, I think I found out about that one last minute. But yeah, so it's Beanie Feldstein and it's based on a novel and she like lives in the UK and gets really into rock and roll. That's all I know, but I like her. So yeah, I think I, she, my, my wife read the, read the book. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, read a couple of Caitlin Moran, I think. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my wife is a fan. So uh, yeah, could be. Could be a pip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Uh, so, so these the other thing about uh, uh, VOD releases is that they don't have to be Fridays or whatever. Yeah. Um, very frustrating. Yeah, it is very frustrating. So I don't know whether to uh, because there is something notable on the twelfth. Um, not notable in the sense that I want to see it, but. Um, notable in that uh josh trank made another movie it's called capone and uh tom hardy plays al capone i'm intrigued I, by it he plays an aging al capone with dementia that is prison. what that is what got my attention um i mean i josh trank like i really liked um chronicle and then i i saw the i saw the potential of what fantastic four was before the studio clearly took over and turned it into what they wanted it to be um but yeah, more than anything, I was just like, I'm, I, Tom Hardy is, is hit or miss with me. 
and him playing Al Capone is like this just feels like such a such a nothing movie just the, the definition of forgettable um, but then when I look at the the story the idea that he is starting to like looking at the the uh, description the 47 year old Al Capone after 10 years in prison starts suffering from dementia and comes to be haunted by his violent past and I like the idea it's like okay this could be a little bit more for lack of a better term psychedelic uh, <laughs> as opposed to just like a straightforward just boring uh biopic right. uh, or whatever and so if 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 the idea of being haunted by his violent past if it, if that really just means pretty straightforward uh flashbacks that will not be interesting to me as opposed to something like my my go-to for something like this is usually the movie spider uh directed by david lynch where just like blending of past and what was that? oh pardon me chronomirk sorry um but the the blending of of past and present and fantasy and fact uh if it's that i'm 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 totally there i'm very yeah, excited think, for it i think it'll be more like that and it's also got kyle mclaughlin uh linda carlini yeah. and matt dillon in it which yeah. is nothing well, and, for, I mean, so for last... fans of Sopranos and The Irishman, also Catherine Narducci yeah. uh, is in it, and I'm a big, big fan of her. And Sorry, the last Jewish. time that Tom Hardy was in a psychedelic prison movie, it was Bronson, and that was a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, switch over to Blu-ray releases, because the, the May 12th uh, has uh, the Great Escapes Criterion uh, yeah. debut. Uh, Finally which replacing a I guess should be fun disc that the studio put out years ago um i have never yeah, seen I, the great escape oh it's a good movie it's I've a good time yeah. it's, oh. it's okay the mediocre escape according to david <laughs> <laughs> the so-so escape. i mean yeah it's because yeah when you think back on it you think about like uh, you, you think about certain scenes and donald pleasance and steve mcqueen jumping a uh motorcycle offense and like stuff but uh i think when you sit down to watch it it's it's really long and a lot of the movie isn't that stuff i remember being uh, I, I do i think it's i think it's okay all right all right well i'm sure criterion's given it a good good treatment anything else on the 12th uh, uh in terms uh, of he home was movie? putting out a film noir box set that includes douglas sirk's thunder on the hill uh which i've been wanting to see hmm. for a while so i'm intrigued by that that's okay. all i got Birds of Prey. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was mostly just sticking to older stuff, but I do like uh, bir- I do like Birds of Prey. Um, yeah, and uh, I think it's worth seeing. Um, so yeah. switching back, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying we move on. Yeah, switching back to uh, I guess we'll call them theatrical. They're not. What are, what are we? What are new? we calling these? Yeah, new? yeah, yeah. New. <laughs> yes, first run. Let's say first, first run. run. Sure. Back to first run. Um, uh, the wrong missed movie from Heavy uh, uh, Madison. Um, it stars. Yeah, uh, I can't believe it's from this year. It looks like it time traveled here from two thousand one. <laughs> it stars David Spade. It stars David Spade. Yeah, yeah. I mean Lauren Lapkus, who deserves better. But yeah, she's cool. Oh, absolutely. One thing that fascinates me about David Spade and his career is that uh, you know when I see interviews with him and then I look at his stand up he's fairly intelligent and, and can like, is pretty clever in, in the, in his little asides, like, and yet when the time comes for him to act in something, and certainly if he's the lead, it is, 
like he often plays a, a dumb hapless character and just fascinates me that that is first off that people see like, Oh, clearly David Spade is the guy for this. Uh, <laughs> it seems very like, an, you know, like he rarely plays smart asses, which is what he's I think best at. Um, and this, while it doesn't sound like he's like, he's a Joe dirt type, just the it, it's happy Madison and, I'm sure everyone gets a nice paycheck and they probably enjoy working together. But I just, from a comedic standpoint, like you'd think David Spade would be like, I don't want to be associated with, with this. Like, this is what my name means now. I don't know. It's, I don't mean to suggest that David Spade is, is, you know, an artiste or anything like that. But at the same time, like he came up in comedy and most people that, uh, that are even passable standup comedians, have a, have a strong opinion about what their name is associated with uh, as far as quality. And I don't know, it's, it, it fascinates me. The, the whole happy Madison thing in general fascinates me. Yeah. It's not even that, like my biggest issue just from seeing it is like the plot literally seems to be bitches be crazy. Like that is the <laughs> plot of a movie from 2020. Sure. But they have carte blanche at Netflix. They can do whatever they want. So this is what they did. And their movies usually do okay. Oh, they right? do very well on Netflix, yeah. But I mean, like, I mean, there are, there are some that are extremely that are pub- heavily publicized, and but like, wasn't there one where like David Spade is like I think he and Sandler are like secret agents or something like that? Probably. Or I don't remember exactly, but like, there are some like there are some that almost get almost slip through, and I barely hear about them, and that, those are part of the part of the agreement, part of the contract, and so I'm just yeah. like. I, Netflix in general is a mystery to me because like, I have no yeah. idea how well anything is doing. Uh, I don't Nobody know if does. they, I don't know if they ever feel like they've gotten their money's worth. I mean, considering how much money they put into the Irishman, obviously it's a very good movie, but uh, there's like, did they think that was worth it? It got them no Oscars. Um, I don't know. It's sorry. We can, we can move on. I was just uh just fascinating. Well, but wait, what was the one you're? Oh, the do-over is what it's called. Is that what it is? It's not like a secret agent thing. No, it, it's uh, something like that, though, right? It's there's an espionage quality to it. Yeah, it's uh, apparently, I guess, Adam Sandler and David Spade. Uh, in order to they they essentially steal two people's identities from their own lives, and then it turns out the people whose identities they've stolen are like, yeah, secret agents or something like yeah. that. And that's from the eighties. Like the, like if not <laughs> earlier, like these, these stories are just so, I guess they're yeah. tried and true. One could say. Uh, all right. So moving on to the 15th of May, should probably go a little faster than this, shouldn't we? Oh yeah, I guess so. And, well, the pack uh, definitely thins out the further we get. Yeah, so. that's true. Sure. Uh, well, the big thing on the 15th is Scoob. <laughs> I like how you pronounced it with the exclamation point. You I got heard to. the exclamation point. You got yeah. to. Yeah, that's another one that Warner Brothers just gave up the theatrical spot and said, we're doing VOD. Um, it probably yeah. won't set the world on fire, but I do want to just call out that the voice casting, pretty good. Pretty good. Well, yes, it is, but I don't know. I feel like Matthew Lillard is still around. Why Like, <laughs> why are you replacing Matthew Lillard as Shaggy? He's great. For there sure. are two... What? It's Casey Kasem and there's Matthew Lillard. Those are the Shaggies. <laughs> But sure, if you yeah. have to replace him, Will Forte is not bad. Yeah, I like Will Forte. I just like that they're apparently doing a Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. <laughs> um, wait, how do you mean? Like, they have characters from other Hanna-Barbera cartoons in the oh. show. 
Oh yeah, Captain Nobody. Caveman, Dick Dastardly. Okay. So wait a second. Hang on, I'm looking at this voice cast. So they have Frank Welker as Scooby Doo, who was the voice of the original Fred, and he's still around, and his voice has not changed since then. Uh, but they, I guess, if you can get Zac Efron in a yeah. voice yep. role, that's yeah. what you do. I mean, he even kind of sounds hot. I get it. <laughs> I guess so. Like um, if they, again, if they were to make another another live action one, cast him all day long. It work that works totally. But uh, it just feels like I mean, I guess including Frank Welker is is uh, like a, a little nod. But it's like yeah, but his character's still around, and just have him play that. But I, I don't know. I feel like I'm being bitchy today. I'm sorry. Everybody. <laughs> You're just mad. Grievances. Yeah, because all the movies you wanted to see this May are are not coming out. You know what's interesting is I I rarely I rarely keep tra- keep tabs on on um on what is coming out unless it's like something big and I just can't escape people talking about it. It's not. It's usually not until the summer and fall movie previews that I became become aware of really anything. Um, and so I don't even really have much of an idea of what was meant to come out. Uh, in I guess May. Black Widow was supposed to be out or was that, was that in Black April? Black Widow. Yeah. Okay. Was May. Mulan. Mulan was Mulan? March. That was March. Uh, yeah. 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 And I don't rem- I don't remember when the James Bond movie was supposed to come out. April. 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 Okay. But yeah, like those the the absolute biggest ones again that are kind of inescapable. Um, but even then, I probably only knew about them because people were saying, "Oh, we're going to have to move them," um, and that's probably it. But uh, but yeah. So so this is all news to me anyway. Okay. <laughs> uh, there is one uh, Blu-ray release of note on the fifteenth, by which I mean. Steer clear, uh, and that's 1980s Fist of Fear, Touch of Death, which I uh, watched <laughs> and we'll be posting a review of once I get around to uh, contending with uh, what literally might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Both of the Criterion releases that week, though, Dance Girl, Dance, and Wildlife are very solid. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. You're getting ahead of me. Am I? Knock it off. Yeah, so I was. You're going by week. I was going by Dan. By dance. Oh, by yeah, date. right. So I hadn't gotten to the 19th yet. I'm yeah, on the 15th. It. Um, if we could organize movies by dance, that would be great, though. <laughs> I would enjoy that. But yeah, we can move on to to the 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 19th. Um, uh, what is it? Dance girl dance, and what's the other one? Uh, wildlife. Oh yeah, wildlife. Uh, really good movie. Yeah. And then. Um, Shout is releasing Danger Diabolic. Uh, I've never actually seen it. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but I, know uh, it's I a think you're right. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's a really good movie. Yeah, okay. it's a trip. Um, and this isn't exactly movie movies, but uh, Keanu Lover is also putting out the Pink Panther cartoon box set. Hmm. On... Uh, Anybody else can jump in. <laughs> Sorry, there was a bit of a, a bit of a, a lag there, a there a so lag. I, I couldn't quite tell if you were yeah. done talking. So I, I don't know what's the next. I mean, there, we've got a, a bunch of first runs. Like I don't know anything about. I don't. Uh, apparently, Lily Collins is in a new movie. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that uh, has a crazy um, plot. She inherits. She like her father dies, and she inherits a hostage from him. He's been keeping a man in his basement for 30 years, and she inherits that. It's called inheritance. It's called inheritance, Steve. Okay. That sounds, that sounds fun. 
does sound fun. Yeah. And that's got a um, fun cast. It's got Patrick Warburton, at least, and Michael Beach, who's always great. There you go. Well, um, there you go. That's also on the 22nd, we have the latest installment in my Star Wars, okay? The Trip to Greece. Ah, the latest yeah. trip to movie. <laughs> this is my Star Wars, people. Like, these movies are so much fun, and you should watch all of them in quarantine if you haven't seen them already. It's literally just Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon driving around beautiful parts of Europe eating delicious food and shooting the shit and so much with a touch of melancholy with a touch end, of melancholy at the end of every movie with a touch very of much so and and one thing that i really like about about them is the uh role reversal that happens from one one film yeah. to the next that like in one like one of them is is like the good the the family man that's trying to be loyal and the other is like trying to is is trying to hold on to his his youth and be a, like a womanizer or whatever uh and then it flips uh surprisingly but still organically i i like those movies quite a bit precisely because they are very funny but there are other moments where like oh this makes me sad yeah. um and so, yeah, they can keep making those as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. The last one ended on what seemed like a pretty final note, but I guess they'll figure out a way to keep it going. They'll figure it out. And I'm not mad. I'm not mad. They're very fun. Um, the 22nd also features the release of Military Wives, I guess, was uh, was yes. delayed. Um, and that's uh, uh, the, the subgenre of British like village villagers banding together uh, to do something uh, quirky and put on a show type of uh, movies that I tend to like. This is about a bunch of military wives who live on a military base who form a choir or like a vocal group or something yeah. and end up performing on television. Uh, but you've got Chris Scott Thomas and Sharon Horgan. Um, yeah. Uh, in that. And Jason Fleming, who I haven't seen in a while. Uh, the 22nd also, uh, Netflix has the lovebirds uh michael showalter's i guess another terrible looking michael showalter movie <laughs> follow up to we got a hater in sick. the house um, we got a hater i like the big sick i didn't like the sally field one um but uh it has uh, Issa Rae and kumail nanjiani how bad can it be they're both delightful kind of true kind of true this was another one that it was originally, it was produced by Paramount. It was going to come out theatrically. Paramount claimed that they were in talks to offload it to Netflix before the pandemic. We'll never know. Um, but makes it easier to see. I'm not mad. It definitely looks as though it is, and I don't necessarily say this in, in a negative way. I don't mean to suggest that it's unoriginal or anything, but it definitely looks like it is trying to capture that game night uh, yeah, feel sure. sure and i'm not sure if it would be if it will be able to do that because that cat the cast for game night is so good but uh you know it, it could scratch that itch it is the type of comedy i enjoy yeah and if no one else has anything for first run for the 22nd i do want to mention the vinegar syndrome was putting out a 4k blu-ray of one of the defining mo movies of my childhood and that's how me rad <laughs> the uh, BMX biker movie that I watched so, so many times uh, as a kid. Are they putting this out so just for you? They might be. <laughs> I have a friend who is, uh, he's one of a kind. He's an odd guy. His, uh, his name is, uh, his first name is Nazareth. He goes by Naz. Uh, and he just, he's a big, he reminds me of our friend uh, Cole. Um, and so when I saw the announcement... Composer of the Battleship Retention theme music. Correct. The chilling theme. Um, the, uh, 
so when I, when I saw that that was coming out on Blu-ray, I texted him and said like, Hey, uh, rad. Cause he has say, stated, he's a big fan of it. I said, Hey, rad is coming out on Blu-ray. He goes, I've already, I've already pre-ordered it. <laughs> so you might have competition as far as who's more excited. There might be one person in front of me in line, uh, at the 4k Blu-ray store. Um, oh, I do have one more quick thing for the 22nd first okay. run. Um, yeah. There's a documentary called The Painter and the Thief, which sounds kind of interesting because an artist interviews a criminal who stole two of her paintings and they become friends. Isn't that fun? Oh. Yeah. Uh, that is cute. Yeah. I don't think it's like cutesy. I think it's like a probing exploration of the criminal oh. mind, but you know. I want it to be cutesy. Can they, is it too late to, to re-edit it? Maybe we it? can re-edit it. We can yeah. Re sure. Uh, if we're moving on to the 24th, uh, a movie that I'm very excited about that I, uh, unfortunately was not able to fit into my schedule at Toronto at TIFF, uh, last year. And that's Sergei Loznitz's state funeral, which is a documentary. Uh, I'm reading the description here, a documentary of found footage that chronicles the four days leading up to the funeral of Joseph Stalin. Um, and Sergei Loznitz has made, uh, in 2014, 2015, made the documentary Maidan, um, about the Maidan, hmm. uh, protests uh well, one of probably the best documentaries of the decade so i was very much hoping to see state funeral at, at tiff and i didn't but uh i guess i'll get my chance on may 24th yeah i haven't been keeping up well with his documentaries because i loved his fiction films so i should really get on that and that's on movie i believe yeah yes, yes. Mm. <laughs> okay oh right <laughs> <laughs> they stopped sponsoring us so uh, yeah. i guess we don't like them anymore yeah, it's fine Ooh. They sponsored us longer than they probably should have. Uh, all right. So let's see. There's one first run movie on the 26th. I will make you mine. I don't know what that is. Okay. No one else does either. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, uh, May 26th for home, home video. So Shout is putting out The Deer Hunter. I remember when I saw this on the website I'm looking at, I assumed it was... Uh, is that a universal movie? The Deer I'm Hunter? Sorry? I'm just surprised that... I'm just. It seems like it's a big enough title that i'm surprised that that universal whoever licensed it but uh good for they them and don't good care for us, anymore uh, yeah well they, i mean like just, uh, everything's open but like paramount is putting out uh well i guess top gun is tied to the fact that there's a new top gun um, or there was gonna be or there was gonna be yeah that's well true. dated for christmas no, we'll see um so yeah uh yeah so uh good for good for all involved uh uh Shout does good work. We have a good relationship with them. So mm -hmm. fantastic. Uh, Blue Underground is putting out uh, Zombie in 4K on the 26th. Uh, Criterion has uh, um, a set of Scorsese shorts. That should be exciting, right? Yeah. I'll just keep, I'll just keep reading. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to keep track of uh, Blue Underground is also putting out Maniac in 4K. Blue Underground puts out movies that I've never seen. They know that people who like those movies love that's that's what they do and i'm glad they have their niche yeah uh and then synapse i think is putting out the strange vice of mrs ward sorry severin is putting out the strange vice of mrs ward which is a really cool giallo movie yeah i haven't seen i know it came up uh back last october when kyle uh, anderson was on the show and we talked about um uh strange vices of mrs ward came up and uh yeah sounds great so now it's got two uh, vouched for by two regular BP guests. Uh, speaking of things that BP vouches for, Criterion's put out Husbands 
1970s Husbands, yeah. the movie that uh, that uh, I like and Tyler loves. Yep. Um, and it's one that, and it's one that probably for for distribution reasons is not really talked about that much. Um, yeah, I've still yet to see it. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I it's, I really I really love it. It's uh, probably my probably my fourth favorite film by him. I'm not sure. Um, I still haven't seen, um, love streams. So I think I will love that. Um, just, and I own it, but I have not yet watched it, so I'll get to it, but you know, you have to be in the right mood for a, a Cassavetes film and husbands is nah, no exception. <laughs> if anything, it's maybe even more that it's more but, Cassavetes uh, than Cassavetes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, speaking of movies that I haven't seen in almost 20 years, uh, I'm trying to figure out who is the Metrograph is putting out Hyenas, uh, the Ooh. African film from 1992 that Tyler and I both saw in film school. Um, really good movie, uh, as you can tell by yeah. our don't look too much, many details because I haven't seen it since film school, but I definitely right. remember uh, liking it quite a bit. Um, yeah. Very darkly I, funny. Uh, something I've seen much more recently that is, is coming out from Flickr Alley is Spring Night, Summer Night. Uh, the 1967 film that I saw, the new um, sort of, uh, it's more, more than just a restoration in terms of uh, video and, and, and audio quality. This is an uh, independent movie in the 60s was made and then its producers decided I can't sell this and basically shot a bunch of extra like sexploitation stuff and sort of crammed it in uh, uh, to this movie and put it on the now the movie has been like that sort of extra footage has been it's been restored to its original like version and and had some cleanup done to it and it's uh uh it's a sort of uh uh yeah mid-60s very uh poor um low um southern gothic type of story about uh uh two siblings who uh, uh have an affair and get pregnant oh <laughs> it's a yeah uh <laughs> yeah, backwoods southern gothic in, incest incest drama um sure. and so now you, you can see where, well you can see where where they tried to fit in the uh more uh, uh salacious parts but uh the movie is not that the, the movie mostly uh the, the actual movie as i've seen it um elides the actual uh intercourse of the uh, of the subject and deals more with the with the fallout and the denial it's uh, it's really really actually quite quite a good movie spring night summer night um and uh speaking of yeah companies that battleship attention has a good relationship with uh flick rally um mm-hmm. uh, is always kind to us and and does a lot of good stuff so um are we moving on then yeah yeah oh on the record uh is back to first run may 27th this is uh uh the i guess the third in kirby dick and amy's earrings um uh, less than rollicking trilogy of uh, sexual harassment, sexual assault, rape movies. They did um, uh, The Invisible War and The Hunting Ground, the first being about uh, assault and harassment in the military. The second one about college campuses on the record is about uh, Me Too issues in the recording industry. And it's coming to HBO Max. So have fun can't figuring that can't. out. I can't, so they, yeah, I was going to say, I can't keep track of all this stuff. Well, that's so they've has HBO Max actually announced this. Oh, I know May 27th is the date that HBO Max is premiering. They've actually announced this release date as well for on the record. Is that is that true? Uh, I think so. Because, I think so. Um, 
because the reason I ask is because I know HBO also picked up the rights to another movie from Sundance this year, uh, Charm City Kings. It was supposed to have come out already uh, in April theatrically, and that got canceled. And HBO Max is. I've seen multiple press releases that HBO Max now has Charm City Kings, but none of them say whether or not it'll actually be on the app the day it premieres. Well, look, Charm City Kings isn't like Kirby Dick. Kirby Dick is a launch title. You know, when oh, you're yeah. launching your streaming service, you got to make sure you have a Kirby Dick movie. So, yeah. but I think this one was set up at HBO Max like a while ago. It was like. Thanks non-pandemic related because it was actually i think originally at apple and then there was like a weird falling out and they dropped it so who can keep track anymore um but uh yeah and also i haven't seen on the record i have seen charm city kings and it's not very good um but you know it is very 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 good that is uh coming out on prime on on may 29th and that's andrew patterson's the vast of night i watched it last night people who listened to the movie journal uh heard me uh uh praise it it's so great <laughs> i loved it and so definitely check it out it's also uh, you i'm glad you have this on your list julie put together the list everybody uh listeners at home um that it's also playing drive-ins although i understand the drive-ins it's playing earlier like the the week of the 15th, oh, maybe. Of the 15th. yeah it's um, like the drive-in thing during the pandemic has been interesting because it's kind of been like impromptu and ad hoc like some they're setting up some they're reopening dormant ones but like in this case it sounded like they're doing a more targeted aggressive rollout of drive-ins which is kind of cool because it's set in the 50s so it's kind of like themed so have you uh, uh, uh people who listen to the movie journal will have already heard this but uh, i'll ask you guys have you gone to any drive-ins or plan to go to any drive-ins during this lockdown uh, i'd like to so I have a, I have a, on yet. I, if so i have a question for you right okay Okay, the vast of night is all, the vast of night is only 90 minutes 89 minutes long right sure. but if you're going to montclair right it's an hour drive each way. Okay. It'll be three and a half hours. Where and when are you going to pee? Are you, you can't, you can't be you at the, during the lockdown, you can't be using the public restroom at the drive-in. I would imagine right? not. Yeah. I so just I, like the Irishman. Like, oh, that's a verb now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that as a verb. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. We should start using that. But, um, so if you can make it to a drive-in that, that is within, uh, a distance that your bladder can handle uh do so but if not uh definitely watch the vast of night it's really really impressive uh it's nice and spooky it's very character driven as well um and i'll jump on the bandwagon of every other critic who reviewed this movie who has said it is uh quite a an auspicious debut and we should look for more things from andrew patterson in the future all right um the 29th also sees The High Note, directed by Nisha Ganatra, who um, made Late Night. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, uh, which is a, a Late Night, a movie that seemed very appealing to me and I didn't like. The High Note also seems very appealing to me. I hope that it fares better than, than Late Night. Um, but you've got uh, Tracy Ellis Ross, who is Diana Ross's daughter, type of character um so that's uh interesting enough um and uh dakota johnson and an actress whose whose energy and presence i always uh very much in, enjoy as uh her uh assistant who i guess tries to take over her career in like a good way 
I think is the premise. But like a good all about Eve or. <laughs> so I, I think it's like her real management just wants her to keep doing the same shit she's always done. But her assistant seems, she's like, oh. oh, this, this like essentially nostalgia lounge act actually still has something to say in her career and is pushing her to like, so together uh, they um, overcome uh, pressures of, of Tracy Ellis Ross's, you know, male management team and, and sisters do it for themselves as it were. Sure. Yeah. This so again, is another it, one that it sounds like something yeah. I would very much like, uh, but I hope I don't get late night it again. <laughs> another yeah, another for turning movies into verbs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's. Uh, I'm pretty that's... sure um, this shot near our apartment. Fun oh, fact: really? I saw like the little notice of filming signs up. But yeah, that was another one that Universal was going to put out theatrically, and then they're just like, "Nope, we already did Trolls World Tour and broke the internet. Why not do some more?" <laughs> I cannot read another think piece about trolls, you guys. I really cannot. Oh, I've avoided I've avoided reading anything pieces. Not reading anything pieces on Trolls World Tour. Just not even reading them. Just I can't even see another one. I'm done. I'm done. I feel like it's probably pretty generous to call them that, but I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's go back to home video. Um, uh, Shout Selects coming coming with a with a big name title, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross coming out on Shout Select Blu-ray. I'm very excited for that uh, because there has, I think the DVD release from almost 20 years ago is like the most recent thing. A lot well, there of is, I mean, there is a Blu-ray from uh, this, the, that's right. the, the studio that I have. Um, I don't know, but I, I have it. It's still in the, I think I bought it because it was five bucks at Target and I was at Target right. for something else. Sure. It's still wrapped up. So I couldn't tell you what the transfer looks like on the existing Blu-ray. Entirely possible. It looks exactly the same as the DVD. Um, but uh, yeah, I already talked about Shout. Um, I think uh, they do really good work as far as uh, transfers. Like, you know, uh, Jen and I bought the Shout Select um, Home for the Holidays. And we previously had that on DVD. And then we watched it. It's like, this is beautiful. Like, they did a great job with it. And Glengarry Glen Ross, I think, is a very good-looking movie on its own. People don't talk about it very much in that regard. But, uh, but I think it's a really good-looking film. And I'm excited to see, see it give, given, like, the treatment that I think it deserves. And it has a fun cover. It does have a fun cover. Yeah. They're also putting out Jaws in 4K. I saw that. That I do not like the cover because um, it's yeah, like, oh, the, the shark is eating the title. Come on. Yeah. You save that shit for Jaws 3D or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking at, it looks like there's two covers because it looks like there's also a Steelbook version that has, nice. yeah, it has the, 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 well, his name's Jaws. The shark's name is Jaws. <laughs> it has Jaws's snout as the A in Jaws. I see That's what a, they did. Yeah. I see what they did. Uh, I also want to. Uh, I've never seen the mechanic. I know um, uh, it's a movie of some notoriety, but Scorpion is putting it out. Um, Scorpion, uh, you know, please don't don't stop stop sending me stuff. But Scorpion isn't known for doing the most thorough. Uh, hmm. So I'm not sure how great that will that will look. But um, if you like Charles Bronson movies, the mechanic's coming out. Uh, a much much better uh, note. Uh, Kino is putting out the landmark 1968 documentary, The Queen, which you can find my uh, review of on Battleship Retention from when it had its uh, brief um, uh, theatrical restoration, had its brief theatrical run last year. And this is a documentary about um, a, a drag queen competition in 1968 Manhattan. Uh, really candid, really fascinating stuff. Yeah, I recently watched it on Netflix, seconded 
Very good. And it's like an hour long. What's your excuse? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, before we move back to, back to first run. Yeah. Go for it. Um, well, I didn't actually have anything. Um, <laughs> let's see what we uh, have. Yeah, yourself uh, and yours finally comes out. Uh, 2016 Hong Sang Soo movie that was on my best of the decade list. Um, and is probably my favorite Hong Sang Soo movie. And that's getting a virtual release. I'm really excited. They're finally putting that out. I mean, I don't know how deep we can get into it. Why? Because I've seen this and I like it, but as far, but on the beach and that alone or, or hotel by the river, both after this one, um, I like more. Why is this your favorite? Um, I think there's a, I don't know. There's a certain surreality that he embraces more here uh, that I really appreciate. And it kind of like has its toes in two sides of Hong's work. Like since then he's done more like super free form, almost no plot. And before then they were like very programmatic very strategically built. And this kind of has its toes in each. Uh, and I find its energy to be pretty unique and interesting and uh, very captivating. Yeah, maybe I like when he, uh, I like, like I said, I like the stuff after that. Maybe I like the uh, more freeform uh, Oh, I like stuff. the freeform stuff more than the programmatic stuff. I'm saying that this has elements of both, which makes okay. it especially cool. Uh, also in the fifth, Judy and Punch, which Tyler really liked. Yep. <laughs> Nothing else to... Well, I'm sorry, I, re I forget that, like... Part of me was like, oh, well, but we did, we already talked about that. It was like, no, we didn't, not on this episode. Uh, yes, I really liked it. Um, some people didn't, and that's perfectly, uh, that's perfectly fine. I think I, I get why someone might not enjoy it, uh, you know, which is to say they're dumb. Um, but I, yeah, I really responded to it. I think visually it's, it's a lot of, it's, it's beautiful. I love the score, and I think just everything about it is, risky and unexpected and uh i'm just uh, i'm very happy that i got to see it and i think people will enjoy it and i could see our, i could see Vosikowska. yeah it's yeah, yeah and she's uh and uh damon harriman uh not playing uh charles manson which for is once uh, in his life exactly a real novelty <laughs> <laughs> what a strange thing to say about <laughs> <laughs> um also, also is Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. Go, uh, I was uh, just going to mention Aviva, which is directed by the director of Remember the Titans. It which, sure is. Yeah. And it's apparently like a surreal exploration of gender or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. But also, if all of this seems too highbrow for you, I have good news. There's a movie called Becky starring Kevin James as a neo-Nazi. Oh, I learned about this today and I'll never be the same. <laughs> Look, he's going for it. He's trying something. I... Uh, is it is it a drama it's like a thriller he's not the main character he's like okay. a side character but yeah okay i wish he were the main character that's <laughs> maybe he'll get a spin-off maybe if it does well he'll get a spin-off <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so yeah. go out and support it and then there you sure. go yeah. um okay so are we going back then to home video sure um again uh Criterion's got a, a Paul Mazursky's and an Unmarried Woman, which I've never seen. It's pretty good. Uh, I don't doubt it. I like Paul Mazursky. A uh, friend of the show, Mariah Gates, is a huge fan of it, if that's an endorsement for anyone. Hmm. Yeah, it usually is for me. Um, anything else you guys wanted to call out on the ninth? Uh, I think it's cool that Kino's putting out the original German Victor and Victoria, which was oh, the right. basis for Victor Victoria. 
I don't know anything about it other than that, but that's super cool that they're putting it out. And when's that from? Uh, 1933. Okay. Um, and I'm forgetting. So uh, also, uh, who is this who's putting this out? Um, Kino is also putting out My 20th Century, which is a, a movie, again, that I haven't seen since I rented it at the video store I worked at uh, in like 2002. Um, I quite liked it. It's about uh, identical twins who I think don't know each other or exist who are on the same train at the same time. Hmm. Um, uh, but it's the director more, much more recently made a movie that I loved and I believe Scott hated, which is called On Body and Soul. Yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> I mean, I it's literally, it is very rough, uh, that movie. It has, I mean, it, you see entire cows slaughtered and butchered uh, in mm. unbroken shots in that movie. But uh, I thought it was a really good movie. Now, David, it's funny you mentioned trains because looking at this Blu-ray release, I, uh, I do see that on the 9th, uh, you also get a Blu-ray uh, of Thomas and the Magic Railroad. <laughs> the 20th anniversary of that. So if, if people are into trains, I recommend my 20th century and Thomas and the magic railroad, a nice little double feature. 20th anniversary has yeah. it. Time flies. And yeah. of course we talked when we did our, our, our Peter Fonda uh, profile, we talked at length <laughs> of about Thomas and the magic. <laughs> yeah. We had to really stop ourselves from, <laughs> from going even deeper into it. Have you guys done a Thomas, the tank engine themed episode? Because I think it's time. Well, I think you not just invited yet. yourself on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, let's do it. You kind of kind of spoiled it there. That would that's what next week was going to be and Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. Yeah. Um and I've another one I've never seen but we've talked about Shout Select a lot. Shout Select is putting a Princess Caribou, which is a movie from uh when Phoebe Cates used to be in movies. <laughs> uh I've never seen it but I like Phoebe Cates. Yeah, that's right. This this was that was a movie that like I also have not seen it. Uh got a good cast. Um but uh yeah, it's it's a title I remember hearing a lot. Uh I think I think trail like trailers for for it showed up on like movies that my family rented. Hmm. And I'm like Princess Caribou, what's that about? And then that's I was young so I didn't dig into it. But uh but yeah, that's I've not I haven't thought about that movie partially because I haven't seen it uh in, in a long time and uh Thank, thank God for well, shots. Like sometimes yeah, they you latch can check on, it out on yeah. June, whatever I said, ninth. Because that's the thing. Undoubtedly, just like Home for the Holidays with me and Jen, undoubtedly there is someone out there who's like, "Holy shit!" Shout Select <laughs> is releasing Princess Caribou. Finally, I'm so excited. <laughs> they were reading my letters. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you guys want to return back to uh, first run movies, um, yeah. The Five Bloods. Just uh, announced. Just yeah. announced. That, Spike uh, Lee on Netflix. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Who's in this? Uh, um, who isn't in this more like? No. I'm um, not, it's actually. Chadwick Boseman, Jean Reno, Jonathan Majors, and Paul Walter Hauser. That's correct. Right yes. Just continuing his amazing streak. It's something like they're all like Vietnam veterans and they have to like reunite in the jungle for some, I don't care. It's going to yeah. be great. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Artemis Fowl was one that was supposed to be a theatrical release, right? Is uh, premiering on, yeah, on Disney was, Plus. This is the new Kenneth Branagh joint. Yeah. Hmm. And it's like, I think this is one of those ones where Disney was like, oh my God, we dodged a bullet by being able to dump it on Disney huh. Plus because I was like reading up on it. It's based on a book from 2001 and they've been trying to make this into a movie since 2001. So I think it's like the further we got from it, maybe the interest 
diminished accordingly. And it's like kind of an expensive movie in this big fantasy world. And like, they might've run into some trouble with a theatrical release. So, hmm. well, I'm looking at the cast list because it has Hong Chow in it. Yeah. And Judy Dench, Colin Farrell. I mean, like it's a good cast, but again, I think they might've, it might've had some box office trouble. Hmm. So who knows? Uh, I do feel like I was like, I, that's one I'd been hearing about for a while. And I think if you had asked me, I would have said, Oh yeah, that came out already. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also on the 12th, uh, Judd Apatow's new movie, the King of Staten Island. Yeah. And here's another one where they might've dodged a bullet because I think they might have misjudged the public appetite for Pete Davidson. (laughs) I like because it's a movie starring him about his own life. That's like going deep on Pete Davidson. And like uh, the more he opens his mouth, the more people seem to dislike him. And yeah. it's too bad because it's got such a great cast. Otherwise, you've got yeah. Marisa Tomei, Pamela yeah. Adlin, C. Buscemi, Bill Powley, Corrigan, Bill Powley, uh, um, Bill Burr, Pamela Adlon. Did you already say that? Um, yeah. yeah. Gary Goldman. Yeah. Oh, Machine Gun Kelly from uh, yeah. Bird Box. That's right. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued by it because it's because, of course, it's, it'll be funny. But I think it could also be obviously very dramatic. And Pete Davidson is someone who's been very open and vulnerable about like the stuff that he struggles with. And so, like, I feel like taking that material and approaching it comedically but also probably with a heavy dose of melancholy i'm i'm definitely interested in it but i also could see it going because pete davidson wrote it himself uh co-wrote it and that intrigues me but i also worry that it will incorporate even though he's from there uh i worry that so many of these characters are just going to be total caricatures yeah and yeah. uh that's that's my primary concern but i'm i'm still uh i'm not willing to to write it off yet uh yeah but i <laughs> to go back to this guy uh, julie's original point about uh dodging a bullet it does seem like you could probably narrow down like a the 10 day time period when this yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um as impressive as the cast is, it doesn't seem to have any of the impractical jokers, otherwise known as Staten Island's favorite sons. <laughs> well, then what are we even doing here? Yeah. Uh, so back to uh, home video, uh, June 16th, uh, Criterion, the cameraman, the cameraman. Mm, Buster yeah. Keaton. Yeah. Not, not one of Keaton's best, but a solid movie. Um, sorry, I'm scrolling through here. Uh, does anybody else have anything on the uh, 16th? Um, uh, not I. Not that I, yeah, not that I can see. Uh, okay. And so back to first run and the 19th. I don't know. Is there anything? Um, there's a couple of things that look interesting. There's a movie called Baby Teeth, one okay. word, um, which stars Eliza Scanlon from Sharp Objects and Little Women as a terminally ill teenager who falls in love with a drug dealer, played some festivals, got, you know, decent reviews. Um, I couldn't quite confirm this, but I think there's a movie premiering on Amazon Prime called, well, I guess I don't know how you would say it, but it's 7500, I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got, you got the scoop? No, but I, um, you know, uh, the other list that I was making before you sent me this and I was like, Oh, I'll just go off a 
Julie's list had that on it. Now I can't remember what it was about, but it did sign. It's about plane hijacking and it stars Go- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And that is all the information I oh, have. He's making movies again. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Good for, good for him. <laughs> There's also um, a movie with a great synopsis called looks that kill, which is about just, yeah, just looking at that. age boy. So attractive that people die. If they look at him relatable, I know. So I, um, <laughs> I was like, okay, who do you cast for this? And I looked up the guy they cast, and it's Brandon Flynn from 13 Reasons Why. And I was like, I get it. I do. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm still lo- I'm living. I'm looking it up now. I'm still living, having gazed upon his visage, but I get it. So. Um, I did not watch 13 Reasons Why. I didn't either, but I know this will mean something to some people, so I'm throwing it out there. Our young listenership? Our young listeners. But if not, yeah, hop on, hop on the Google. He's a very attractive it looks like he's 14 years old. You he's 26. Up. He's 26. I checked. It's fine. You know, in a, in a world where Timothy Chalamet is a heartthrob, I think looking young is not, uh, does not put people off. He's 26. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, says you. <laughs> so I feel like we have gotten to the part where things are going to start really thinning out here and the rest oh, of this episode yeah. is probably going to go pretty quickly. Yeah, um, this is also where they haven't like said, said a firm no to theatrical. Like we're kind of all going playing by ear, but I think it's like the studios have to pull these titles a lot earlier than the indies do. So a lot of the indies are waiting to like really the last minute mm. to, put, to reschedule. Well, they don't have a big print and advertising campaign exactly. to account for. So all of this going forward is like maybe theatrical, but heavily asterisked. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, even the home video stuff is a little uh, getting but on the 23rd, I mean, we've called out like every Shout Selects release. So I might as well call out um, Alan Parker's uh, notoriously bad The Road to Wellville. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's yeah. um, it's not good. It's kind of embarrassing. It <laughs> um, is <laughs> astonishing. Like there are, there are movies that I've referred to as like miracles in the past that you're like, I don't know how on earth this thing came together. That usually that that can be a good and exciting thing with road to wellville you just watch it agape you know and just like what how did this happen how did so many people get involved in this thing and they just kept making it uh it's it it is really fascinating it has, it, it has does sound wild but it has its defenders all of that is i mean a lot of this is true right yeah like, yeah so that's crazy to begin with and it has i mean it has a really great like for 1994 like a really great of of 1994 sure <laughs> people um uh anthony hopkins bridget fonda john cusack matthew broderick dana carvey um this thing doesn't include laura flynn boyle is in it i remember Damn. uh very right. distinctly and it's it is a, just a, a lot of overacting and i think everyone was maybe excited to just do that um anthony hopkins is clearly having a lot of fun um if i recall correctly it's been a long time um as is uh dana carvey but it's just like yeah may, you know what it's entirely possible i might like it more now if i saw it <laughs> give it another go we'll see i don't it's not gonna make a priority out of it yeah. but sure <laughs> All right. Um, what else is coming out? Um, the Ghost of Peter Sellers is, uh, I guess that's a first run. Um, yeah. Again, maybe. a movie that's a couple years old though, right? Is it? I thought it was new. I remember even seeing trailers for it the last time I went to the cinema. Let's see. Maybe it played festivals or something. 
debuted at Venice 2018. So oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Been kicking I around, rem- but I remember watching a Siskel and Ebert review of the Island of Dr. Moreau. And I remember Roger Ebert was saying, because, because Siskel kind of liked it. And Ebert just said, he goes, you know, we are all so fascinated with Marlon Brando. Um, <laughs> And I feel like that's kind of how Peter Sellers is as well. People like they, they, I think they mythologize him because he was so mysterious and elusive. Um, and obviously I still enjoy a lot of what he did. Uh, and yet somehow a documentary about him does not interest me one bit. I, think I don't know though, why that is. If I remember correctly from the trailer, it's not just like a mythologizing documentary. It was like right. maybe somebody who knew him and was like, Hey, maybe he was an asshole. What was his deal? So yeah, looking at the looking at the the synopsis, it definitely sounds like a, a more interesting angle. But it, yeah, at the same time, I, I know that there are some people who are, and I won't, I don't necessarily condemn this. We all have our the, the people that we respond to, uh, but I think there are probably some people like, oh my gosh, a documentary about Peter Sellers. That's so exciting. Um, but I could also see the documentary itself being vague and elusive yeah i mean you kind of figure it's just gonna fall in that usual like modern documentary portal where it's just like graphics flying across the screen some of the peter was really on this year yeah it's you know uh but i i I guess i'll be open to it but it is just one of those things that like i've as a as a subject i've never found him particularly interesting as i think he himself did not think he was particularly interesting um maybe that's why he was uh the way he was but anyway uh i i'm again i'm being very negative i'm sorry everybody <laughs> well there's things, some things to be positive about on june 30th in the home video world uh all is putting out hair which is a, a a perfectly fun movie but most importantly criterion is putting out the 1985 masterpiece come and see um which i again like the queen reviewed when it had its brief uh, the new restoration had its brief theatrical run um couldn't believe i've never seen it before um it uh uh, it, it feels so clearly like uh, a precursor to some of the lesser World War II movies we've seen um, since then, like, like, like Son of Saul is clearly influenced by Come and See, but uh, Come and See is uh, um, uh, so uh, bleakly gorgeous, so stunningly choreographed, um, definitely worth uh, checking out on uh, Criterion Blu-ray. I think it's yeah. already on the Criterion channel, too. Okay. Hmm. And there's Airplane. Now... Oh, right. Yes, Airplane. <laughs> this is a little bit less respectable. But on the long list of movies that were clearly just ripoffs of Jaws, sure. Orca, the killer whale, is is one of the better ones. I okay. remember I, uh, I grew up watching it, and because I loved Jaws, I loved everything like Jaws. Um, and then uh, I watched it with a friend of the show, Kyle Anderson, uh, a few years ago. And it was just going to be like, because he'd never seen it, and I hadn't seen it in years. And it's like, oh, this will be a fun thing, and we can laugh at it. Son of a bitch, if we weren't, if we didn't find ourselves kind of invested, because it stars Richard Harris uh, playing a character. And, and everything is just so, the film takes itself surprisingly seriously in a way that at times is ridiculous, but at other times, I'm there. I'm, I'm right there. And, uh, of course, it's it's not Jaws. How could it be? Uh, and one thing that I find funny is uh, in the early on in the film, like there's a character that is like uh, in danger of being attacked by a shark, and then a killer whale comes along and kills the shark, and as if to say, like, aha, 
you think sharks are bad, watch out for Orca, the killer whale. And then, um, and then in Jaws 2, the first indication that there's another shark is there's a big dead killer whale uh, on the beach. So I did it's not no, there was wow. this rivalry going yeah, on. Oh, absolutely. Sniping at each other. Yeah. Love it. Uh, so back to first run movies on July 3rd. Um, the Outpost is a uh, new. Uh, Rod Lurie, macho bullshit movie. Um, yeah, weirdly though, <laughs> based on a book by Jake Tapper. Oh, interesting. It's a nonfiction book. It's a true story. It's about military stuff in Afghanistan. <laughs> Nailed it. Listen, I'm not going to, I don't know about it. It's military stuff, but I'm not going to pretend I understand. But it, you know, stars a bunch of handsome men doing military stuff. It's got Caleb Landry Jones in it. Mm. Sure who, as you know, I uh, don't particularly like, except Florida Project. I think he's great in that. Yeah. But uh, I imagine here... I like, I like him in everything. Like well, that. good for you. I guess it's a good thing that we host the show together. Otherwise, everyone would be like, oh, I guess Caleb Landry Jones is an asshole. Uh-huh. But thankfully, you're here to correct me. Well, speaking of good-looking <laughs> casts... <laughs> All right, yeah. July 3rd also might see the release of The Truth, uh, Hirokazu Koreeda's non-Japanese debut, which I think I, I saw at AFI Fest. Scott, you yeah, thought that too? Yeah, uh, definitely my favorite movie of this year so far, assuming it comes out this year. Uh, I absolutely adore it. Uh, uh, yeah. Really hope it gets out in one form or another. Hmm. Catherine Deneuve, Juliette Binoche, Ethan Hawke, and Ludovine Sagne um, all appear in a really, uh, really good movie. Okay. So that was, what was that? That was July 3rd. Yeah. So uh, sorry for being slow here. All right, July 7th. Uh, I don't mean to start with the Criterion every time. That's just kind of the way it's formatted on the Blu-ray.com website. But uh, The War of the Worlds, 1953. Uh, Very cool um, movie. It's definitely, uh, I did not expect it to be what it is. It's a a little bit, um, uh, a little bit bleak. than I uh, expected from a, a just I, I I'm always I, I'm continually surprised by a lot of like 50s like monster movies or in this case alien invasion like these sci-fi B movies that have things like them or tarantula that actually have much more uh, uh, grace and much more going on than uh, I expected when I was you know ignorant of their charms yeah totally and it's a beautiful movie too it should look great on blu-ray Spaced Invaders is also coming out. Do you think that's meant to be? Like, do you think they did that on purpose? Oh, yeah. maybe. Maybe someone over at uh, Kino Lorber is trying to tie to the Criterion release dates. And I don't know anything about the movie Proximity, but uh, looking Looks at like the space. cover there, yeah. What is going on over here? Space. That's it. Yeah. Space stuff. I don't know what to go. To, we're getting really into thin soup in the in the first run uh, uh, category here. Um, well, don't skate by on July seventh, random middle day of the week. There's inmate number one on VOD, which is a documentary about Danny Trejo, noted restaurateur Danny Trejo. Um, yeah. That's what we, we all know him for. Yeah. I mean, in LA, kind of. But we recently rewatched Muppets Most Wanted. Highly recommend. And there's a great part with him where, like, 
they're they're at a Siberian gulag, and Tina Fey plays the warden, and she's saying goodnight to all the prisoners. So she's like, "Good night, Boris. Good night, Max. Good night, Danny Trejo." And you realize yeah. he's just playing himself. <laughs> you know, I didn't really like that movie when I first saw it, but it has it has grown on me We've, as I think back on house. it. Oh yeah, so. Um, a lot of good songs in there too. Yeah, I would love it though if this documentary was most focused on his restaurant uh, <laughs> well, entrepreneurship. Like, Just like it gets life. all of the like prison and movie star stuff out of the way in like the first twenty minutes, and then it's about <laughs> yeah. him opening Trejo's Tacos and the and Trejo's Donuts. It'd be like Wild Man Blues, uh, that oh, documentary right. about Woody Allen's jazz career. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Okay, so uh, there is one thing that is maybe coming out in theaters on July 10th, probably not coming to AMC theaters because it's a universal movie, uh, <laughs> and that's the Fifth Purge movie, which I guess is called The Forever Purge. Yeah. Is that official? Yeah. Um, I don't I know. I completely forgot there was a fourth Purge movie. Yeah. Come on. Do <laughs> you have vivid memories of the first three, though? So the fourth, but the fourth one was called The First Purge, right? The First Purge, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. that's confusing. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So I guess when you talk about the movies, you can't refer to the first one as the first purge. Yeah, you'd be I never up. thought about that. It's like who's on first? What a mess! Yeah. Who's purging first? Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the of the uh, other than, with the exception of the first purge movie. Uh, I'm ex- I'm a fan of all the purge movies, including the first purge. Um, oh boy! God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the forever purge and I will be like, it's I I've, as I've, as I've gotten older, I've become less and less interested in franchise filmmaking, but there are certain franchises that I will always turn out for John wick is one of them. And I would be very sad if the forever purge doesn't make a theatrical because it would be the first purge movie that I didn't see in a theater. Um, so, uh, I'm, I, I hope I get the chance to see it uh, at some non non AMC theater um, to keep my streak going. Yeah, but uh, I guess I'm the only uh, so this purge is the head first streaming on the podcast. Purge, then we've had the first purge movie, the first yeah. purge, and the first streaming purge. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there is yeah. a there is a TV. Is it still running the the TV show? I think the second season debuted, or it's. I know it got renewed for a second season. I can't remember if the second season has has aired yet or not. Have you watched any of that? No, I, I, I hear it's not bad. Okay. Uh, July 14th, um, in the uh, home video world, uh, Criterion's got uh, the Lady Eve and a Bruce Lee box set. Uh, which, for those of you who didn't heed my advice and suffered through 1980s Bruce exploitation, your touch of death, you might want to cleanse your palate by getting the uh, Bruce Lee Greatest Hits Criterion uh, set. It's also Clueless on Blu-ray. That's Hell cool. yeah. Yeah. And there's a, a film I have not seen uh, with a great title called Kiss the Blood Off My Hands. Yeah, I still haven't yeah. seen that either, despite being a huge Burt Lancaster fan, but I'm yeah. very eager to. Uh, speaking of good titles, Never Give a Sucker an Even Break, the W.C. Fields mm-hmm. uh, movie is, is coming out. Um, oh, I've been, you know what? I've been sticking to mostly, um, classic movies coming out, but I do want to highlight this, uh, movie starfish. No one, I literally know like one person who, who saw it. Um, 
and it's uh, on its surface, it's one of a million sort of uh, post-apocalyptic uh, movies, but it, it really has a um, point of view in terms of cinematically tone, aesthetically point of view, all its own. Also, um, uh, an approach that I think is on its own, in which it's the the, the crux is that this woman who. Uh, wakes up in a world that has ended and thinks she's the only person or maybe the only person left um, spends a good chunk of the movie pretty, pretty content with that. <laughs> like it, it, it's not until really like the, the third act of the movie that she really starts to decide, like maybe I should see if there's other people out there and see if I can do something about what's happened. It's a lot of the movie is just her like sort of hanging out alone with uh, at her friend's apartment with her friend's pet turtle. <laughs> um, uh, it's a, it's a really cool movie. Uh, Star. Um, I'm, I'm glad that it's, that it's coming out on, on Blu-ray because I hope more people get a chance to see it. That's a super cool cover, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the 17th, I'll see all of you back at the theater for Tenet. For oh, sure. man. Christopher Nolan are, insists. Everyone is pinning all their hopes on this, and I think it's a bad idea. <laughs> Christopher Nolan is going to march to the theater. Oh, my God. He's going to tell us where to sit. <laughs> we're just going to have to watch it. I am excited for this movie is the shame of it. Oh yeah. It looks great. It has a great cast. It's well, nobody knows what it's about, but there's like a boat. I don't know. It's going to be a good time, but I just like, it's going to suffer if they release it now, it's going to suffer. Or and, it could just own the summer and like we, everyone sees it when they can. It yeah. might just take months longer than usual. Yeah. I want to see this movie, but I ain't dying for it. That's yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, but this is like everything is wrapped up in this movie. This is the make or break for this summer theatrically. Like, mm. it's so much pressure for one movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, if you if you think about like if if everything starts to open, of course, nothing's going to be. It's not not everything is going to be open at once. But like, if if movie theaters really start opening, this is like in the next two months. Then like this is. Honestly, I think the way Christopher Nolan is, is sort of spinning it is the way it could wind up being just by default, which is like they're sticking with this release date and this movie could be like the one that that flings the doors open and says, come on in. It's time It's time to experience theaters again. And we're going to do with that with TSA security. With yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, like when you say like own the summer, like it, it definitely is poised to to do that and i think people could wind up seeing it and then seeing it again right uh you know it just it feels like it could be that kind of movie that uh is uh, i was about to be super negative again i'm gonna be positive and just say it could be great but i think there are i have heard like rumors that like around warner brothers this week like this week they're gonna decide well they're gonna mm. have to just because the ad campaign yeah mm. so let's see um well maybe everyone to Tenant will go see the Painted Bird, uh, which is a movie that I definitely I haven't watched yet. I have a screener. It's an IFC screener, um, which means I have to watch it on my laptop. Uh, I I can't just I just want Vimeo screeners. I don't want to like I know Vimeo Vimeo is not a sponsor or anything, but I want to be able to just watch it. But yeah, so I've been putting it off because it's a nearly three hour long movie about the horrors of Nazi Germany and I have to watch it on my laptop. So uh, I'll let you know once I once I watch The Painted Bird. Um, uh, I'll talk about the movie journal. 
I was looking at the uh, the description of the film, and it says, in Eastern Europe, at the bloody close of World War II, the boy is entrusted by his persecuted parents to an elderly uh, foster mother. I misread that, and I read entrusted as encrusted. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what is going on? Like, the film became, just for a moment, even more horrifying and crusted by his parents. Oh no. If you read the synopsis, it's honestly worse. There's like pedophilia, <laughs> there's bestiality. Like it's yeah. wild. I have heard that it's kind of overly miserablist. Uh, but right. I've not seen it for myself. Also, oh, you guys are really making me I know. look think, forward think, to the screener. <laughs> interesting point of note though. It's the first movie ever made in the inter-Slavic language, which is hmm. a constructed language um, designed so that the Slavic nations can communicate with each other. But it's not something that people speak organically. But I guess oh. the director didn't want to tie it overtly to any one Slavic country, so he chose this language. It's a Shatner movie that's in Esperanto. Yes, it's exactly <laughs> like that. Do you know? But do you know what I'm talking about? I do, yeah. I do, believe it or not. Do you think... Okay. Again, yeah, looking at just how horrendous this movie looks... Do you think they they made the film like and as they were making it they cast Udo Kier or do you think they <laughs> they had Udo Kier and said what movie it would be right matches his vibe I was going to exactly. say they just started making it he just naturally showed up <laughs> Exactly yeah It was like the bat signal for yeah. him <laughs> <laughs> Uh so the July 21st on Video Criterion is releasing uh, Marriage Story, but more importantly, they're releasing Taste of Cherry, the great yeah. uh, 1997 uh, uh masterpiece. Which I still have not seen. You dig it the most. I think I would. Spartacus um, in 4K? Sure. Yeah. I, I, don't, have a, I don't have a UHD um, We uh, just ordered one. TV. Arriving tomorrow. Um, that sounds great. Uh, what's the, what, how, how big out of curiosity? Oh no, we have a UHD TV. We bought that a while oh, okay. ago. Sorry. We bought a UHD player that's arriving tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, taste the chair. Definitely a great movie. Uh, apparently Romola Garai directed a movie called Amulet. Yep. Okay. I've just seen this she's for the first time. Am I to know? She, she's an actress. I don't she's know, an actress. I don't know who she is. I like, don't know name a thing she's been in. I can picture her. I can't remember. Clearly, I am not the only one who's Weird, having trouble. Weirdly, I think she was in a weird, many years later, Dirty Dancing sequel, but I can't confirm that. Well, wait, Havana Nights? Yeah. Now maybe? I can't wait to see her directorial <laughs> debut. Obviously, it's going to be very important. Yeah. So once again, I've, this is, okay, this is now what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I've once again, in simply glancing at the synopsis, uh, I've misread something. All right, what do you got? Uh, a young male refugee, refugee pardon me, uh, traumatized by war is brought to a dilapidated house in order to care for a woman and her dying mother. I misread that as horse. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, oh man, it's brought to this, this, this horse. It's just rotting in a field. It's like, look at this. Pretty crazy, huh? It's like, oh man, as if war weren't bad enough. Here's this dilapidated horse. So can you make so, like a Tumblr or something of your misread movie synopses? I, it makes everything so much more interesting. It does. Okay. Here's why I know Ramallah Garai. Okay. 
because she had a heyday at the time in like around 2004 when I worked at a video store and was just watching everything. Okay. So here's, she was in well, 2000, 2003 to 2004. Nicholas Nickleby, I Capture the Castle, Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, uh, Mira Nair's Vanity Fair, and Rory O'Shea was here. I saw all of those. Wait, was she in Atonement? Yeah, she's also in Atonement. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm at least somewhat familiar with her. She's like grown-up Saoirse Ronan, maybe? Uh, okay. uh, yeah, uh, she's Brioni, age 18, according to uh, IMDb. There you go. So anyway, her movie's called Amulet. That's coming out on the 24th. Um, Imelda Staunton's in it. Let's all check it out. Uh, also on the 24th is Mulan, maybe? Maybe, yeah. They had to move that from March, as previously discussed. But yeah. what's weird about this is they chose not to make it a musical. They chose to make it a realistic historical epic. Well, well realistic. Realistic. Yeah. But like, there, there's no talking dragons. Like, they made it as realistic as it can be. And that is a choice. And I don't know if it was the right choice. Because like, pe when people talk about Mulan and why they like it, they talk about the songs. They talk about the dragon sidekick. Like, they talk about the things they took out it's not like all of these people are scholars of Asian military history. That is not why they like the original Mulan. So I don't know. We'll see. Those are the things Very I don't. Yeah, like. I don't know. I mean, those are the things I don't like about the original Mulan. And so, like when I saw the trailer for this, it's just like, okay, like to me, if you're going to do this Disney thing, then just do then do something different with yeah, it, totally. you know, as opposed to Lion King. And the film looks beautiful, and it looks like a really a, a really nice epic serious tale. Um, I like Nikki Caro as yeah. a, as a director. Yes. It does feel like since we're trying to embrace points of view, it does feel like. Uh, can you imagine what Zhang Yimou could have done with something like this? But Nikki Caro is still pretty good. Um, uh, you know what? She's going to be okay, I think. Um, so I'm I'm actually, I wouldn't say I'm excited for it, but I'm definitely intrigued by it because I consider the music in Mulan to be subpar, and I do not care for the obvious genie uh, knockoff of right. that dragon. So yeah. um, I mean, it could be good. I'm just thinking it's a strange way, like they're making these movies to capitalize on their, their IP. And it seems yeah. like a strange way to exploit nostalgia and capitalize on their IP. Yeah. It's, <laughs> if they're making it with me in mind, like, well, people like this guy, they didn't like that stuff. They're doing this all wrong. Cause I don't um, know if it'll bring out the fans, but I don't know if it'll bring out the not fans. Yeah. So. yeah. It'll bring out the Nikki Caro fans. Well, that's true. Which is me. The Caro yeah. Hive will assemble. I yeah. got my, I got my McFarland USA on the poster on the wall <laughs> right here. Um, uh, also on the 24th, The Rental, uh, which is uh, uh, directed by Dave Franco. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it fails the key test, though. It's it's an indie movie made in a big house. Uh, worst genre ever. <laughs> <laughs> Every That's indie good. movie. Well, there's some more examples. Uh, the Invitation, uh, The One I Love. Um, what? Oh, yeah. Third no, Thur Birds is okay. That's not that good a house, too. Okay, so it has to be an amazing The better house. the house, the worse the movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. So many of those movies. So watch out for the rentals. We're all, clearly all they have is the house. Oh, uh, what was that movie with uh, Jason Schwartzman where he has the huge fake penis? Oh, oh God, The Overnight. The Overnight. Yeah, that was a 
That was a bad movie. Great house, though. That's the problem. <laughs> so when you see a nice um, house in an indie movie, you're just like, shit. Yeah. Bad scene. It's a and, shame. But also, I, uh, what's his name in the overnight? The little weird like coincidence uh what's his name from fucking parks and recreation oh adam scott adam scott, adam scott also has a prosthetic like a fake penis right. in the overnight it's a small one but the point is he was also on that short-lived hbo show tell me you love me in which he had a prosthetic penis on that too I, adam scott is like terribly ashamed he's carved out a niche <laughs> he's like uh he's like orson welles with his nose david like, are I, you like yeah. tracking this like why do you know so much about this subject <laughs> i think it's just two things with adam scott that i happen to have seen okay that he has a, a prosthetic penis in well and in that in that um what do you call it that like zoom reunion for parks and rec it's weird how they incorporated <laughs> the prosthetic penis into it <laughs> Uh, July 28th on home video, uh, The Tenant is being put out by Shout, Fac- Shout Factory. Yeah. Ten- not not Tenant. Do you think they're trying to, they're trying to, <laughs> it's like an asylum <laughs> pictures thing. They're trying to confuse people who are like, they're at the they're at Best Buy or whatever. They're like, oh, I thought this was, I thought this was in the theaters right now. I'm just going to buy it. I right? actually got an email from the CEO of the company I work for in which I found out he does not know the difference between those words so he said there's a sentence about the tenants of our organization the huh. fundamental tenants of our oh. organization. and i felt real superior so well i guess he thinks that for all intensive purposes they're the same word <laughs> um uh all right where are we um i don't know where we're real thin here in uh, yeah. Yeah. theatrical releases well don't um, don't bypass sponge on the run the new spongebob squarepants movie and the first fully cg one the fully cg one is i one wouldn't dream of it huh wait what the what? fully cg part is what makes me nervous it's like uh just yeah cartoon. yeah they've uh, they've also delayed this one like five times which is weird mm. but it it's keanu reeves in it though it does and it's on august 7th so. well that's something yeah keanu's everywhere has snoop dogg as himself does he i we'll see we'll see how they do that i was gonna say is he underwater who knows man there's I'm a, august as far as home video does not have anything really sticking out to me Let's yeah, a lot me, of places probably me. haven't announced yet. Uh, yeah. Um, and then as far as... Okay, so you've got on August 14th, uh, Sound of Metal, a movie that I did catch at TIFF. Um, uh, quite good. Uh, Riz Ahmed plays a drummer in a heavy metal band who uh, loses his hearing. Um, and that's uh, a, a debut film from the director, right? Or no? It, yes, his name uh, Darius Martyr. He wrote the Place Beyond the Pines. That's kind of what he's best known for. Oh, but this okay. is this is his first uh, time as a as a director. Um, and yeah, I, I saw this at TIFF. It's 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 quite good. Definitely worth worth your time. You've also got Olivia Cook in it, um, and uh, uh, briefly met Amalric, um, an actor that I like. Yeah, yeah, for sure. An old hey, name wanna- that I like to say briefly jump back to August 11th because coming oh, to VTV sorry. is a documentary called Big Fur, which is about the World Taxidermy Championships. Oh, oh cool. That sounds so if that terrifying. floats your boat, putting it out there. <laughs> um, it was too weird not to include, basically. 
looking on on Blu-ray, there's actually a film I have not seen, but I it definitely has its defenders, which is uh, Shout Factory, or more likely Scream Factory, is putting out Tales from the Dark Side. And I know there are people that really love it. Yeah, I've never seen that either. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 is... Uh, so stoked. I hope it happens, but I also don't want to die for it, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. That trailer did not do anything for me. I know that's just a trailer, but like... I don't know. Just trailers are lies, though. Worked for me, as far as I recall. Yeah. Also, I have no idea what convoluted plot device they've invented to bring back Chris Pine, but I'm not mad about it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, Jack Houston's in it. Wait. Um, Really? No. I accidentally knocked my thing down. Jack Houston's an antebellum. I was oh, God. sorry. Okay. I must have hit the down. I had, antebellum is the next moon list. I must have hit the down arrow by accident. Sorry. Okay. okay. Um, also on the on August fourteenth, maybe is the one and only Ivan, which is like a CG live action hybrid about talking animals. I guess. Oh. Great. Um, it has a good cat, <laughs> but I it's mean, like it's like a it's based on like an acclaimed children's book and it's supposed to be okay. like serious it has a good cast brooklyn prince is in it angelina jolie all the animals just kill each other all the animals kill each other is that actually true oh no i guess it no. wouldn't be would it <laughs> no it uh, would not how do you think he gets to be the one and only ivan though yeah exactly it's like it's like highlander but with animals. <laughs> um and then uh, I guess we can end with August 21st. I mentioned Antebellum. I don't know much about, uh, about it. Um, yeah, that, was about, that was supposed to come out in April, and they moved okay. it. It has Janelle Monet and it's, like, trippy and weird. It looks pretty cool, I got to say. Yeah. Okay. I think it's vaguely something like she gets transported back in time to the Antebellum South. Is that the There's okay. definitely some, like, modern and periods intersection of some kind. Yes. Um. Well, yeah, like I mean, this is like, and it also has Jenna Malone, uh, in addition, of course, to Jenna Malone. But August 21st is a, a weekend I hope that I do get to go to the movies and that the movies uh, that are coming out are, are coming out because Bill and Ted Face the Music, uh, uh, a movie that I've been looking to for looking forward to for most of my life, literally, uh, uh, is, is supposed to come out. And Have they also been a movie that I. it that long? Uh, no, I'm just saying I've been a Bill and Ted fan, uh, um, but it has been. I mean, it, yeah, they have been teasing it a while. I mean, Ken Reeves and Alex Winter have both talked about right. wanting to do a third one for yeah for a long time. Um, they both and, seem like lovely people, and I want them yeah. to do whatever they want. Yeah, and Alex Winter's from St. Louis, Missouri. Most importantly, not mention that. Uh, and then a movie I've been looking forward to since January when I didn't get a chance to see it at Sundance. That's uh, Michael Almereda's Tesla, uh, in which uh, Ethan Hawke plays Nikola Tesla. Uh, I like Michael Almereda's movies a lot. I like Ethan Hawke a lot. And yeah. uh, I feel like this uh, can't go wrong for me. Was you also this, got, um, uh, was this a spinoff of the current war? Because Tesla was so popular, they gave him a spinoff movie. Is that... Is that what happened or no? Uh, um, I didn't see the current war. No, I didn't. <laughs> Nobody did, but I just know Tesla's in it. And then it got like yeah. a director's cut or something. It was like a whole that. thing. It was a whole thing. Is it a situation where like, do you know if the director's cut is seen as a, a better film and like the studio just butchered? Not it or something really. Like that? I think it is supposed to be marginally better, but that's not saying much. I mean, it really got 
wiped out when uh, it was a wine because it was a wine right, right before yeah uh harvey went down and so like there's no hope of it ever coming out and it was cut to shit and nobody liked it in the first place yeah yeah i mean i think I wonder if the director's cut was just like, this movie has a bad reputation, like there's bad buzz around it. Right. Let's recut it and call it the director's cut so that people who have heard that it's bad already yeah. sure. will at least think it's something new. Um, yeah. But when I talk about the current war, we're talking about <laughs> Tesla. I make everything about the current war. <laughs> uh, in addition to Ethan Hawke, you've got uh, Kyle MacLachlan and Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Sure. James Urbaniak. Yeah. Lucy. Wait. Lucy Walters? I'm thinking of Jessica Walters. Never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Josh, so... Uh, Josh that's... Hamilton? I like him. Yeah. Uh, from eighth grade? Yeah. yeah. Hot dad from eighth grade? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a great place to wrap up our, our preview. I hope we actually get to see uh, some of these movies That'd be cool. uh, this summer. Well, some of them are on VOD, so we'll definitely see them. Yeah. But beyond yeah. that, who knows? All right. Well, you can uh, find, uh, you'll be able to find reviews of some of the movies, uh, The Painted Bird, assuming I, I get to it. Um, uh, I have a screener for uh, The Fast of Night. Uh, that uh, that uh, review will be up. Uh, also, we didn't talk about Diana Kennedy, Nothing Fancy, which is a documentary about uh, cookbook author Diana Kennedy. That review will be up. All that will be up at battleshippretension.com. Uh, you can email us at david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me, David, on t- on Twitter at DavyPretension. You can follow Tyler at TylerPretension. Tyler, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no. Scott and Julie, do you have anything to plug? Uh, not really on my end. Just Criterion Cast stuff, Twitter stuff. Been posting more on Letterboxd because I've been watching a ton of movies. Uh, so that's fun. It's crazy how few movies I've been watching under lockdown. I would have thought I'd be watching more. Go ahead. Sorry, Julie, I cut you off. I have this bitch and cake recipe. If you want to like put that in the show notes or something, I didn't like invent it. I just found it and it's real good. You know what? Email it to me. (laughs) Okay. Let's do it. Um, Well, thank you guys so much for for being here. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for for having us. Uh, And uh, I hope I see you at some of these movies. That'd be great. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 